Up next on CCRI Radio is the Student Project Spotlight, stories and reporting from students in CCRI courses. You can learn more about courses in the Communication and Film Media program at ccri.edu slash com. You're listening to CCRI Radio from the Community College of Rhode Island, online at ccri.edu slash radio. Next up, we have sophomore Shane Briggs with a podcast for his multimedia reporting class in which he talks about the inequities women face in the sports world, including an interview with sophomore women's volleyball player Gabby Blumenstock. Hello, everybody. My name is Shane Briggs, and I'll be hosting today's podcast. For my multimedia reporting class, I was tasked with recording a podcast on something that I felt was important to me and something that I like to learn about. And one of my favorite things to learn about and something that I'm going to be going to school for in the future is sports and more specifically sports broadcasting. So for my podcast, I thought that I would try and educate myself a little bit better. Uh, Every sport that I've played has been one of the more popular sports, baseball, soccer, basketball, football. And a lot of the sports that I follow mainly are typically football, hockey, basketball, and baseball. So I know a lot about these sports, but I don't truthfully know a ton about things in the sports world outside of that. But one of the things that I thought that I would target would be women's sports. So I don't know a ton about women's sports, but I know that there are a lot of inequalities between the two as far as viewerships and equipment and things like that. So I wanted to use this opportunity to better myself and help educate myself and hopefully educate some others along the way. So I have done some research on some statistics and I have also conducted an interview with one of CCRI's own student athletes, Gabby Blumenstock, who plays on the women's volleyball team. So a little bit later on, we'll get into that and some of the things that we covered with her. But first, let's hop into a couple of statistics. When I first went looking for statistics and things to research regarding women's inequalities in sports, the first thing that came to mind for me was the WNBA. The WNBA is the most mainstream women's league, and so I decided to look into viewerships of the WNBA compared to the NBA. So in a regular season WNBA game in 2020, they averaged 205,000 viewers per contest, and in comparison, the average regular season NBA game averaged around 2 million viewers per contest. These numbers get even more staggering when you get into the playoffs and more specifically the finals. So the WNBA finals in 2020 averaged around 440,000 viewers a game. Meanwhile, the NBA finals averaged around 7.5 million viewers per game. Numbers like these, although I knew that there was a discrepancy between the two, were still really staggering to hear and to read because it's such a massive difference between the two. And it's not something that only happens at the professional level. It happens at the collegiate level as well, which is something that I was able to talk with Gabby about, on top of how COVID-19 has affected her as well as other athletes here at CCRI. So without further ado, let's get into that interview. What sport do you play, Cece? I play volleyball. Oh, all right, cool. And what uh, what year are you? I'm currently a sophomore. All right, so... Working on transferring anywhere next year to play? Well, I took the semester off, like the semester before, the full semester. So I have one more semester at CCRI, and then I'm going to transfer somewhere. All right. So are you – is volleyball running next semester? 
they actually don't know yet. They're trying to see where everything's going, so they have no clue. We thought that we were going to have a, a season last semester, and then it ended up not happening, like, out of nowhere. Oh, all right. Um, what are you guys – are you practicing at all? Is there anything with the team that you're doing, or are you guys all completely separate still? All completely separate. And that started in spring of 2020? Yes. All right. What were things like pre-COVID, playing and kind of balancing school and sports and everything like that? It was like playing volleyball was like one of my biggest motivations to do well in school because you have to keep up a certain GPA to be eligible to play. So I was like, that's like what kept me going. That was like what made me excited about school. Is it tough being or having to balance those two things and figure out the time here and there? No, I like the structure of it. Like I would, I had a class on the Lincoln campus. Mm-hmm. Right after that class, I would go straight to practice. And it was so much fun. Oh, cool. Did you guys practice at Lincoln or at Warwick? Lincoln. Oh, okay. What's it like? Because I know like a lot of people have played high school sports and stuff like that in intramurals. But what's it like being on a collegiate team and having that kind of bond with those teammates and playing at that much higher of a level? It's Definitely a change, but I feel like you you have, like, a better connection with the team because you, like, have to stay at hotels with them. Like, you have to be with them in situations that aren't just, like, practice. Like, you, like, go out team bonding. Like, there's stuff that you have to do as a team. Is it different being a female athlete, especially in today's day and age? That's, like, a tricky question because I feel like, yeah, certain sports and... Like a lack of attention and stuff like that? Yeah. Did you see what happened at the the March Madness tournament, the NCAA and the equipment discrepancies at all? No, I didn't. What happened? A video came out that one of the Oregon women's basketball players posted Uh, on TikTok. Yeah, about the the weight room and stuff. Yeah, at TGRI, we're pretty equal, but, like, in high school, there's definitely a big difference. Like, the boys' football team had, like, personal trainers, had, like, certain equipment that they could use. They had a weight room while the girls, we just had, like, our practice days, and that was it. But now it's, like, being brought to more people's attention, which is really nice. Yeah, so is it tough, like, as a female athlete, seeing stuff like that kind of happening and unfolding? It's kind of nice that people are now noticing, like, and trying to make a difference because it's been going on for a very, very long time. And, like, I don't know, like, I brush past it sometimes, even though I know there's stuff going on. But, like, what am I going to do about it? Like you said, it is good that that's finally getting some attention and some traction and people are finally starting to talk about that and make some moves forward on that front. Like, even with girls and men's basketball, like women's and men's basketball, you can, like, there's more fans at the men's games and, like, less people at the women's. Like, there's little things like that that, like, makes me kind of sad. Even in, like, professional leagues and professional sports, like in the WNBA and, like, all of that, like, women get paid less to play the same sport that men play. Like, it's kind of sad. Because we work just as hard. In your experience, what has fan support been like at your games or versus other games that you've been to? 
One of the big things that we do is we practice the same time as the men's soccer team. And sometimes our games would, like, go side to side. So we'd go outside and support their game, and they would have a big crowd. And then they'd come inside and support our game. And, like, when they left, that was it. We didn't have as many fans besides, like, parents. Like, it's definitely different. And you get way more encouraged to, like, fight harder during a game when you have a group of people, like, hyping you up. Then you also have teammates on the side hyping you up so it's not like it makes a difference but it's like you also have the bond of your other teammates on the sideline so that's nice another big thank you to gabby for coming on and talking with me it was really helpful to hear from somebody who's been in that position and been a female collegiate athlete to hear that although ccri is doing things right as far as equipment fairness and things like that the disparities are in what the school can't control, and that's in the viewerships and things like she mentioned with fans in the stands. And it's nice to hear that the men's soccer team will come out and support, but when they're not able to, like Gabby said, it's kind of just your teammates and maybe some parents and some friends in the stands, and it's not as enthusiastic as it might be with more fans. I'm sure a lot of us have been to bigger sporting events like the basketball games, the football games, and seeing how big of a difference the crowd can make. And that's even being seen at the professional level right now. Another thing that Gabby and I talked about that I'm sure you guys heard was the video that recently went viral on TikTok regarding the women's and men's NCAA March Madness tournaments with the weight room disparities and how the men's weight rooms were completely decked out and fully stocked traditional weight rooms and the women's weight rooms were just a large empty room with a couple of dumbbells and to see that on such a big stage and something so big and important as March Madness is a little disheartening to see because these women are still out there they're still playing they're still performing and to see that disparity once again it's refreshing to know that CCRI is not doing that as Gabby said but to see it done on such a big stage is just another blow to the equalities, or rather inequalities, that women face in the sports world. As unfortunate as these inequalities are, though, it's nice to see finally that they're getting some traction in the media and that more attention is being brought to them. It's nice to see that <clears throat> these changes are being made and steps are being taken forward. And it's unfortunate that it took this long, but it is a good thing that it's finally being brought to the limelight and being worked on. Keeping attention like this and bringing more things to the limelight like this are the most important things that we can do right now to help women in sports and to help with these issues. So I strongly, strongly urge you to go out and watch a WNBA game, a women's game at your school when sports finally begin to open up again, and just do the littlest things to try and support, and it can make all the difference. Thank you for listening. This has been Shane Briggs for CCRI Radio, and I hope you enjoy the rest of your day. You're listening to the Student Project Spotlight on CCRI Radio. Tune in each week for stories and reporting from students in CCRI courses. Learn more about courses in the communication and film media program at ccri.edu slash com. You're listening to CCRI Radio from Community College of Rhode Island online at ccri.edu slash radio.
Up next, CCRI Athletic Director Kevin Salisbury took some time to talk with Shane Briggs about how the athletic department is handling COVID-19 in the pause and on-campus activity. This is Shane Briggs with CCRI Radio. Recently, I had the opportunity to chat with Kevin Salisbury, CCRI's Athletic Director, regarding the athletic department, COVID-19, and how they're handling everything. Following are a couple of clips from our interview. How did the athletic department handle like the pause in the beginning when COVID all first hit? So it was an interesting question. Um, when it hit, when we were told that we cannot, um, everybody had to exit campus, right? Mm-hmm. We were, we actually had our bas- men's basketball program at the national tournament. They were just finishing up. They had just canceled about two games. They got through uh, the national tournament and came home. Um, at that point, we pretty much shut everything down. Um, and when we came back into the office, when we were allowed to come back into the office, it was literally left as we left it. Like nobody touched anything. The papers were all in the same place. Um, and it was very unfortunate, right, because the spring sports got got hurt uh, the most. And then now you have an entire year uh, that we had no no sports as well. I think the most important thing, Shane, that we had to focus on was the student athletes and their academic standards. We pulled them together and we said, listen, you still have to remain eligible, academically eligible in order to play when this thing is done. So it's very important now to make sure your academics are on par. When it all came out, did you guys have a a timeline set on kind of how you thought it was going to go? Did you have any sort of plan or were we kind of just playing it by the seat of our pants? We knew we weren't having sports in the spring. We honestly thought that, hey, you know what, the fall should be okay. <laughs> Little did we know what was going to happen next, right? There was a lot of planning that were that we were we had to get ready, and and the college was really happy with that. They they were really impressed with what we came up with, but honestly, in the end, they just didn't want to take that chance that somebody could come down with it and be infected here at CCRI. So I I have to imagine that us being a full commuter school made things a lot more difficult, not having dorms or somewhere to stay on campus or anything like that. Yeah, we couldn't create a bubble. Were there certain sports that were handled better than others or that took it worse than others? Uh, the, the spring sports back in, in 20, 2020, I think that original, you know, boom, kind of hit them hard. Yeah. Um, but then this spring, when we were told we couldn't have sports for the, the winter, or actually the whole year, but for the winter and the spring. So now those sports, baseball, softball, um, outdoor track, they, they missed two seasons now. Yeah. So they missed two years. Uh, and if you think about it, at a, at a community college, they missed their entire community college career, athletic career. So it, it, I think that those sports, the spring sports especially, missing those two years was very, very difficult. Is that affecting how students go on to gain scholarships and transfer and stuff like that? It, it will eventually, uh, Shane. Uh, what they did was the NJCAA, the Junior College Athletic Association, actually uh, waived their year of eligibility for this past year, so 2021, as well as the spring of 20. So they, they can get those two years back athletically. Here's the caveat. The NCAA didn't waive everything. 
So as an athlete, your athletic clock starts when you enter school, college, for the first time, first full-time semester. You have 10 semesters in order to play four years. Yes, their seasons were waived, so they'll get four years of eligibility wherever they go. However, they've already spent four full-time semesters if they stay here full-time. So they only have six semesters left to play those four years. So maximum, they can only get three years right now. So, yeah, they, I think that group, like I said, really is going to struggle because they, they literally lost a year. Does it affect revenue for the school at all in losing these sports? It does for athletics. Um, we use the facilities, both Warwick and Lincoln, uh, to fundraise for all the sports. So right after practice is over in the evening, we would get, you know, men's soccer, we would get softball groups, we would get baseball groups, basketball groups. The Interscholastic League in Rhode Island would actually rent our facilities here, and we would, athletics, would actually run the events. And that would be our fundraising money for those particular sports and our department. So we've lost a year and a half of using our facility to raise funds. And the college gives us a, a, a bucket of money that we use. We, we honestly can't do everything we need to do with that bucket of money. So we have to fundraise. Yeah. So now the challenge is trying to find another fundraising opportunity, which we're working on currently, um, to try to raise funds because we, we have no access to the facilities at the current time. So. That, that part of it kind of like shut down last March, which was tough. Any avenues that you're kind of seeing that are opening up that we could talk about, maybe get out there a little bit better and help with the fundraising? Absolutely. We, we're, uh, we're talking to a company called E-Team Sponsor. And what they do is uh, they, set, they help us set up fundraising activities where they go out to the kids, the student athletes go out and ask their families, friends, businesses to support and we, we call it COVID support now, right, um, mm-hmm. their, their programs. Um, and schools across the country have raised an average of 300 to $400 per student athlete. Oh, wow. That would equate to anywhere between forty dollars and $60,000 for us. Wow. Which is, believe it or not, Shane, is less than what we usually raise when we use the facilities. But it will allow us to offset some of that loss that we were, we had with the facilities, you know. Is there any shot that we get fall sports this year, do you know? Um, I'm looking forward to the fall. I, I really am. I, I think I think we're going to be okay. Uh, the vaccine's rolling out. It seems to be going better than it was even a month ago. But, uh, I mean, I, I look forward to, to next year. I, I, I think it's going to be – we're going to be in a different place. Um, and with the 70% – you know, if class is in person, I think that's only a good, encouraging sign. This has been Shane Briggs with CCRI Radio. Thank you again for listening and follow along for more interviews and student works. This has been the Student Project Spotlight on CCRI Radio. Tune in each week for stories and reporting from students in CCRI courses. Learn more about courses in the communication and film media program at ccri.edu. You're listening to CCRI Radio from the Community College of Rhode Island, 
online at ccri.edu slash radio.